0: Hello and welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Adam.
1: And I'm Joy.
0: On today's episode, we talked with Ephraim Smith. He's a pastor and president of World Impact, an urban missions and church planning organization. His new book is called Killing Us Softly with Nav Press.
1: And his book talks about how we have essentially been born into an upside down world and how By being aligned with the Gospel, the Christian life actually turns that right side up in view of the Gospel. In view of the world, it's upside down. So he talks about finding your identity and your worth um, based on the message of the Gospel.
0: Yeah, it was a great conversation. We got to learn about his life time as a pastor and his, the ministry he works for, and we also snuck in a conversation about Marvel Comics, so we hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you want to learn more about the book, you can go to com or visit navpress.com. So welcome to the podcast. This is, this is how we start things. So if you could just tell us a little bit about your background, sure. how you came to become a writer.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so, I grew up in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And, um, and it was there in high school uh, that I became a Christian in youth ministry. Okay. And I became Christian uh, at a church that was very multiracial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I grew up going to church with my mother growing up in a predominantly black church, but then there was also a church in my neighborhood that had a really cool youth ministry and over time the church just became more and more diverse Um, and I became a Christian through that youth group and pretty soon after becoming a Christian I was pretty inspired passionate and even somewhat frustrated over the issue of the church looking more and more like heaven Mm -hmm. so from The time that I graduated from college in the early 90s and felt a call to youth ministry and urban ministry, and later would become a church planter uh, in my own community in uh, North Minneapolis, I've just had this passion about ministry in the urban context, but broader than that, of the church looking more and more like the kingdom of God, looking more like a multitude of, of every nation of every tongue of every tribe and that's really um been something that's been a passion of mine uh and maybe at times it's something that's agitated me and caused me to wrestle and so as as I um began to write uh books whether it was books in youth ministry or urban ministry or uh books on Christian formation I I've had a strong calling and passion around how do I equip people regardless of their background to um, to bring the gospel across culture across race Mm -hmm. how do I uh, write in a way that equips and empowers people um, to participate in the church looking more and more like heaven more like where we'll live eternally and so I I think that the way in which I became a Christian, the way in which I experienced a call to ministry, is very much connected to um, my call to writing.
1: Mm-hmm. It is really incredible when your ministry platform can be fed into your books, because really that's the sincerity of heart, and that's yes. when you can have consistent messages across the board. That's really when you can have the most power and effect, you know, in your audiences. And I'm wondering, you know your latest book is Killing Us Softly and if you could explain how what you're just saying your passion about reconciliation and for people to understand the gospel and their lifestyle how does that come out in your book
2: yes well Killing Us Softly really was the combination of my continued passion around the issue of what does it mean for us to be ambassadors of reconciliation what does it mean for us Uh, To represent the kingdom of God and bring the gospel uh, To the lost to the broken to folks around us that don't look like us didn't grow up where we grew up How can I help people uh, not feel? Intimidated by that journey by that adventure that was also coupled with uh, Over the last few years we've seen at least through the depiction uh, uh, That's given us through social media through the news we have seen a lot of racial tension, a lot of political division, a lot of of heated tension uh, amongst people in the areas of race, class, politics. And that tension has led to not just heated political debates, but in some cases the loss of life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we've seen a number of incidences where there have been um, unfortunate encounters between uh, police and and folks in under-resourced African American communities. Mm-hmm. We've seen um, terroristic acts take mm-hmm. place, whether in Orlando or you know before that in Boston. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we we saw a, a very heated presidential debate, and so this book was also about how do we flourish and live and grow and mature as Christians in that kind of mission field, mm. in what I describe in the book as an upside down world, yes. a bizarro, broken mm. world where, where there's division, where there's dysfunction, um, that uh, I want Christians to sense the urgency that, you know what, if we just kind of passively live our Christian lives in the midst of that, mm. We might accidentally become participants. We might find ourselves held captive to this bizarro world mm-hmm. instead of being what I describe as right-side-up kingdom people that bring the love, the peace, the truth, the justice of God to bear mm-hmm. on those issues.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. and that takes a lot of intentionality. Like you said, the I just keep thinking of like the sin of omission when you're not... If you're you're going somewhere always, you always have momentum in one direction. You're never standing still. So, if you're not going forward or moving towards gospel principles, then the only alternative is to be moving away from it. You know.
0: Having said all that, where does the title come out of Oh, that's yes. Kind of a striking title when you, mm-hmm. you're not sure what that What's means. Killing yeah. Right. Well,
2: some people that are like, you know, old school R&B fans will look at the title and think Roberta Flack, the yeah. song "Killing Me Softly" in the uh-huh. '70s. Or if you're a hip-hop fan, you might think about uh, the remake of that song by Lauryn Hill and the Fugees. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, the whole notion of "Killing Us Softly" goes uh, way back before uh, a song written by Roberta Flack it goes back before uh, you know uh, a hip-hop song in the 80s -hmm. really uh, what what killing us softly goes back to is the principle the biblical principle of dying to self Mm -hmm. it it goes back to uh, the biblical foundation of how do we decrease that God might increase Mm -hmm. Uh, and so the the whole notion of allowing God to lovingly mm-hmm. kill things within us mm-hmm. uh, goes back further than an R&B song yeah. even though I thought that was a nice little twist.
1: <laughs> I like it. So Ephraim, when we want to understand what it's like to live as a right-side-up, is that how you say it? Yes. Right-side-up Christian in an upside-down bizarre world, um, what part does discipleship play in that? Because obviously we're in a community as believers and we need to be unified in one purpose and mission for us to be able to stand.
2: Yes. So the, the whole notion of living as right-side-up people it is about recognizing that we live in this upside-down world that presents certain topics, certain things as the right way but it's really been twisted and turned upside down so we live in a world that takes love and twists it and turns it upside down or takes family and twists it and turns it upside down or takes justice or takes community or even uh takes church and twists it and turns it upside down and so i'm trying to in the book help people get back to the understanding of to be christian is to live cross-culturally it's to forge a new culture, a kingdom culture. And so we actually live in this tension of, of um, people are going to think we're the strange ones, we're the upside down ones, we're the crazy ones. But actually what we're doing is we're living as right side up people according to the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. according to the transformative encounter we've had with Christ and the council and the maturity that comes from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. that we become more and more right-side up people. Mm -hmm. But to become those right-side up people, Mm -hmm. we have to be willing to die. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a dying to self that I'm pointing to. It's what if part of being the church, being the Christian community, was collectively dying together, Mm -hmm. that we might be the right-side up community Mm -hmm. of God. That we might um, more fruitfully and faithfully bring the kingdom of God to bear on the complex social issues around us, mm-hmm. because we would die instead of debate. Mm-hmm. I mean, we live in a world that says, "Well, I, I know this is what I believe is my truth, and I'm going to debate you, yeah. and I'm and, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to protest and debate for what I believe." And you know what? There are times when, you know, that's probably the right approach. Mm-hmm. But but. The Christian should be known more, not for our debate and our defense, but of our willingness to die for the sake of the kingdom of God, to die that I might bear the burdens of my brothers and sisters that are oppressed or downtrodden or far off from God's love and God's transformation. Am I willing to die for the people that normally I would judge and criticize Would I die so that they could be transformed?
1: That's really well said, Ephraim. And I'm wondering, as a pastor, how do you motivate your community, your congregation to do that? Because that is not any, first you probably model it, but how do you get the group to follow what you really believe is true?
2: Well, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be a part of uh, a very multiracial, racial multi-ethnic urban congregation in Sacramento called uh, Bayside Midtown. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the ways that we're able to model this at Bayside Midtown is because it's connected to uh, what I would see as the great asset of being Bayside Midtown, but also the great liability. And that's that we're so ethnically diverse. Yes. Because we're a multiracial church, we're a multiethnic church, there's something cool and wonderful about that. But then there's something very challenging about having people in the same space, in the same faith community, that aren't on the same page politically, that didn't grow up, that you know they may say something that where they grew up, that's an affirmation but if they say it to somebody that doesn't look like them, that didn't grow up there, it's offensive. Mm. So how oh. do, do you model that in that kind of environment? Well, one is because the staff at Bayside Midtown is multiracial and diverse. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm actually able to model this being president of World Impact, uh, an urban missions organization, because our staff is multi-ethnic and multiracial. Uh, and for 40 plus years, Uh, the urban missionaries uh, at World Impact uh, have been in the trenches. You know, over time, there's been this army of urban missionaries. And even though it began as an all-white army, it grew over time to be a multi-ethnic, diverse army of white and black and Asian and Latino and Latina. And so um, I'm fortunate that I'm a part of a missions organization that wrestles through this, mm-hmm. and that I have a church home that is, is committed to this, but I don't know how you sustain a, an intentional, Christ-centered, multi-ethnic, diverse ministry without being willing to die, yes. <laughs> being willing to sacrifice, yeah. being willing to say, you know, there are some things that, that I have held dear for a long time, mm-hmm. but maybe in in this community, of discovering my brothers and sisters across ethnicity, across race, across mm-hmm. class, across urban, suburban, I discover that some of the things I've been holding on for dear life are actually things that if I would die to, we can all discover Christ more fully.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 So um, who, do you, who do you think this book is mostly for? Or did you have a, a certain audience in mind when you're writing it? Or is it just for all Christians?
2: Yeah, I mean, my hope is that it's it's for all Christians and it has a broad reach. Uh, you know, I didn't think so much when I was writing it who it was for, as much as I thought about how it could equip and empower whoever would read it. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about, uh, if you think about Christians in a broad way, and you think about the mission field, the world in which we live, and that that is an ever-increasing, diverse, and divided mission field. So, two things that I don't think we can just stop right now in our world is that our world is becoming more and more diverse, more more multicultural, more multiethnic, more multiracial, more multi-class. That's just the way it is, and that 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 is just going to keep going, mm-hmm. and Unfortunately, in the midst of all that diversity, every time I wanna believe that we're more unified, that we're more together, that we're more one nation under God, Mm -hmm. it seems like we are still very deeply divided. Mm -hmm. And so my hope was to equip uh, believers Mm -hmm. to be extensions of God's love and truth and peace and eternal kingdom in the midst of that reality Mm -hmm. so if you're christian and you see the world around you becoming more and more diverse but your heart is grieved because it seems to be more and more divided and broken i hope that this book will inspire you to not be on the sidelines Mm -hmm. but to be an active participant and out of the overflow Mm -hmm. of being vulnerable before god and dying to self in the community of believers, that out of the overflow of that, we can be greater change agents and transformers and representatives of the kingdom in this upside down, bizarro world.
1: Amen. That's really well said. And I've thought a lot about what it means to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus. And the deny myself part is the thing that continually comes to mind. And I'm wondering if you can share with us a little bit more, like bring that down to earth. You know, you say we need to have the love of the Lord kill the sin and the self-absorption within us that we have. And whether that's you now sharing an example of that in your life or giving some practical advice to our listeners, because sometimes it seems like an intimidating principle, like, okay, I'll just try my best to deny myself without really understanding what that means. Yeah,
2: I I think that... If we get into this cycle of, okay, what do I have to die to today? Oh, God, please kill it. Please kill it. Maybe that's not the best starting point. I, I'm using the whole metaphor and biblical principle of death and dying to self to really get at something that I think is at the root of being Christian. And that is to be a Christian is to be a missionary, a missionary in this world, is to be uh, somewhat of a foreigner. To be anywhere on this planet for the Christian is to be a foreigner mm-hmm. on some level mm-hmm. it, it, because you you are a representative of the kingdom of God. I, I would want Christians that read this and that are listening to this uh, in our conversation right now to, to get a deeper understanding That to be a Christian is to first and foremost Mm -hmm. be a citizen of the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. in this world. Mm -hmm. That the church should be an embassy, an Mm -hmm. outpost Mm -hmm. of God's kingdom. That we are ambassadors. If that is true, then dying to self is an element of Christian formation Mm -hmm. to keep us from being held captive by the institutions the structures, the systems of this world. Mm -hmm. I, I have a deep concern that in our desires to live Christian, more than we want to acknowledge, We are held captive by political parties, by economic systems, by institutions, by a desire to want to be approved and be affirmed and be successful Mm -hmm. and want to make it and want to be right and, and want to pass something down to our kids. I mean, we have some some good ideas and good intentions that if we aren't careful about being enslaved to the things of this world, our good intentions can actually bump against the very journey uh, of growing as a deeper disciple and follower of Christ, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so the the whole notion of dying to self uh, is about um, it. It's for me. It's checking myself to go: Am I allowing uh, a political perspective? Am I allowing my race? Am I allowing? Um, things that I believe since I was a kid? Am I allowing good intentions and good ideas to actually cause me to be more connected, which could lead to captivity, to the Mm -hmm. structures, systems, institutions, Mm -hmm. ideologies of this world, Mm -hmm. over and against uh, being sold out Mm -hmm. as a citizen of God's kingdom Mm -hmm. and knowing that God has put all of us. We think that missionaries are just people that the church sends to another country, or that a suburban church sends to the inner city. Mm-hmm. I think every Christian is a missionary on this planet.
1: That's right. That's right.
2: All of us. So if we're all missionaries, and we're all representatives of the kingdom of God, we got to be careful that we don't become captive
0: mm-hmm.
2: to the world in which we're supposed to be transformers within. Yes,
1: yes. I thought a lot about the dis, you know, the disordered loves and the, the things the Lord gives us so much privilege to be involved in this world and to follow our desires and be successful and have great families. But if those loves get out of order, you, know, as, as Augustine says, then we are led astray. and then all of the ramifications, like you're saying, we're going to become trapped and really not honor the Lord at all.
2: Yes, yeah, so I I hope that the practical thing is that, um, the the stay at home parent would see their role uh, in in their in their home and in their community missionally. I would hope that the doctor, the dentist, the truck driver, the the post person who's a Christian would they're carrying the gospel and not mm-hmm. just carrying the mail. Right. If they're mm-hmm. if they're you know if that is where God mm-hmm. has positioned them. Mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a postal person or wherever we are, whatever uh, place we have found ourselves in the societal domains of the world that we live in, we live there to thrive and flourish, mm-hmm. represent and extend the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that this is a practical uh, tool that people can read through it again and again and wrestle with the questions and then go, you know what, I'm, I'm experiencing uh, with God and in community with other beloved children of God the spiritual discipline of dying to self that I might experience more um, who I really am and who I'm called to be. Um, because I think when, when people lose that sense, that's when you can be in the place God has called you to be, but you can be discontent. You can be irritated because you think you're there to make more money or you think you're there because that's a great neighborhood for your kids to go to school or you think you're there because your degree earned you the right to be there versus no, God has you here maybe not to get promoted but to be positioned Mm. uh, for his kingdom. Mm. Uh, And can we live with that? Can we find peace in that? And maybe that's key to being the the reconciling healers mm-hmm. that this broken, upside-down world needs.
1: Mm-hmm. Very well said. Yes.
2: Now, we've been
0: really serious here <laughs> for a while, so, and we're getting to the end of our time. So I wanted to, I'm trying to end things with a, a fun question. Yes. With all of our interviews. Now, in the first chapter, you, you talk a little bit about all these different Marvel comics and Marvel movies that you've watched in the past couple years uh do you have a favorite one that oh yes
2: (laughs) yeah i do
0: but yeah
2: you know um for a long time wolverine was Mm -hmm. like you know you know one of my favorite superheroes but recently black panther has been like um i started reading black panther comics uh, a couple years ago and um and then you know he had a cameo in Captain America: Civil War, and he's going to get his own movie in yeah, 2018. Candy. And so that that's like when I'm reading comics right now, that that's uh, that's who I'm reading. Yeah. Um, but it's it's hard for me to pick one because I'm just I'm just a comic freak. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm a okay. Jesus freak too. But, <laughs> of, course. You know, of course. Of course. But but I'm I'm a fool for comics. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was always a Spider-Man guy. Korea, oh yeah. Subscribed for a while. More recently, I I'm not a fan of Hawkeye in the movies, but I like Hawkeye in the comics. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, yeah, that's just random.
2: So are we going around the table talking about <laughs> our know, favorite superheroes. I I, don't know if I
1: can answer that question. let <laughs> go with and your net, answers. And great. not
0: to keep this conversation going, but Netflix and uh, I forget it's the CW. They've been doing those TV shows. Lately. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, it's 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 a if you're if you're comics fan a superhero fan you know it, it it's a great time i mean i i love reading comics and watching superhero uh movies and television series because at the at the root of it is good evil mm-hmm. and calling mm-hmm. and so there are definitely some connections that can be made to um scriptural principles yeah. when you think about good and evil mm-hmm. uh when you think about who who will answer the call to represent mm-hmm. justice to represent mm-hmm. good to to fight against evil. Mm-hmm. And so um so yeah, so I I I love being able to take metaphors uh from from superhero <laughs> movies and comics and and uh it, I mean, people that hear me preach at my home church or people that hear me teach and preach at World Impact will say, "Yeah, that dude talks about superheroes a lot." <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: again. I don't know if you ever saw the show Stranger Things.
2: I haven't seen that
0: one. But uh, when you were talking about the upside down world, in the show Stranger Things, there's this other dimension where the monster comes from. They call it the upside down. and It looks exactly like our world but everything's dark and cold and dingy and broken. So it's like a perfect metaphor for and you've given me permission to
2: dive more into Netflix now. Thank you. you I appreciate For for you know for for uh you know ministry purposes. Right yeah solely. Yeah Yeah. and put that on your taxes as a write off That's right. That's right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think we're about at the end of our time, but if listeners want to find you online or read more about your book, where should they go?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would encourage people there there is a a new website that's launched killing us softly book uh-huh. And so I would encourage people to go there. I would also encourage people to go to our World Impact website because uh, at worldimpact.org, there's a page on there that talks about me and uh, book resources, and we'll be talking a lot about this particular one. And so, um, you have a blog on it, there. yeah, yeah, and I, I blog on there. You know, follow me on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, so uh, please um, uh, connect to me that way. And I really hope that this book will be a significant blessing. Mm-hmm.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank
1: you, really appreciate it. Thank you,
2: thank you.